I'm Johnny Corn. Welcome to off to. Let's try that again. <laughs> I'm Johnny Corn, and uh, this is, by the way, uh, w- with me in the studio is my co- partner in crime, Reggie Shorter. Hello, you guys. How you doing? I'm Reggie Shorter, community Reggie Shorter. You guys, how's the world doing? Now, if people want to find out your information, where do they go if they want to see what you're doing? They can just Google Reggie Shorter right there, and they'll look all my links, and they'll all come up there, and hopefully everything connected there will find it. Okay, and we have producer Dave. Oh, hey, what's up? And from elsewhere in the universe, we have Helen Chu. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Via Skype. Um, so uh, if people want to find your information, where do they go? They can go to Helen Chu on Facebook to follow me. Awesome. Yeah, and I do strongly encourage it. Okay. So, uh, oh, by the way, my information is uh, johnnycorn.net. If you need to find out anything about me, see where I'm performing, uh, see clips of different things I've been in uh, that I'm allowed to put on the website. That is awesome. All right. And Producer Dave, if they want to find out more about you. Oh, man, we're all over the place. I guess the best place to go is echoplexmedia.com. But if you want to get in on the shenanigans, join the Discord at discord.me slash Echoplex. Now that we got all the housekeeping out of the way, um, hello. How are you doing? Um, how, you're you're um, a Bay Area comedian. You've been doing this for how long? I've been doing this for about three years. Yeah, you've been doing it for a little while because I remember um, I've worked with you a couple of times. Um, and... Yeah. Um, how how did you get into comedy? You know, I've always been a lover of comedy. I used to go to the Punchline on a monthly basis in San Francisco to watch comedy shows. And, um, and then I started going to more indie shows at Milk Bar in San Francisco. And during one of the shows, I was just hanging out with a friend. And I was like, oh, I'd love to be able to go up there one day. And he's like, why not? You should try it. So sometimes it just takes one conversation to get your... Wow, <laughs> who's hosting? Who's hosting at the milk bar at the time? Uh, I think it was Phil Woods. Hey, uh, yeah, good yes. guy. Legend. I, like, I actually yeah. like him a lot. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, did you get a chance? Uh, this is totally off topic, but did you get a chance to um, perform at uh, Brainwash before they closed? Yes, I did. Yeah, I think that's like Brainwash is like the whole, the motherland for a lot of comics. Yeah, when when that closed down, I was so sad. Yeah, me too. I was gonna say that's where I probably met you. I think it was at the Brainwash show there with Tony with, with, with Tony Sparks over there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like, um, yeah. It's too bad. I wish there was some sort of like historic landmark preservation fund, or you know, more corporate people knew about it to donate money to the Brainwash because I, agree. Uh, I think like Ali Wong started there. I've heard mm-hmm. like um, a lot of. Bay Area famous comedians that have you know come through Brainwash. It's just it's such a big piece of the history. Well, for people that don't know, uh, Brainwash uh, was uh, gosh thirty years or something like that, and Tony mm-hmm. Sparks was running it. Yeah. Uh, and Tony Sparks actually is the person that's responsible for the hippie persona for me mm-hmm. uh, because oh, yeah? yeah, we were doing a show one time, and then after the show, he came up to me and goes like, Johnny, um, you do the same act, but dress more like a hippie because th- that's what you are you'd come off more authentic and i think then you'd connect with people oh yeah so that's that's where that came from so thank you tony uh yeah i mean comedy legend would you know yeah but um so 
who uh when you started doing comedy what were the influences that you um that that you um pulled from yeah um i think when i first started doing comedy i was looking more at local comedians mainly because i felt like their level of success was more attainable for me and i really just wanted to do shows uh i didn't really have to have a netflix special right right some of the local comedians that inspired me uh, i would say phil woods is one of them um emily catalano who's now based in la um i really liked her uh, do you remember her? I don't know. If I, I do. Uh, sounds familiar. That yes. sounds really familiar to me. Uh, yeah. I, now, I, I remember her. I don't know if she'd remember me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. She's. I think she's similar to Ryan Goodcase. I like Ryan Goodcase as well. Oh, he's uh, awesome. Yeah. 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 I think she's kind of like a female version of that. Um, oh, I can see that. Yeah. So those are some of the comedians locally that I thought um, – did well and is kind of quirky and that I could uh, look up to and aspire to be. And, you know, it's, it's funny because like I've done uh, comedy for a while and I, I love one thing that you just did. And I don't know if you, but you threw out a bunch of names out there and they're all names that people should check out. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, because I, I think it's important that we like local uh, comedians support each other in the community and I'm big ball of ignore me. Hello, Reggie. Yes, I was going to ask you that, but I mean, I totally understand you. <laughs> as far as like any comic that's passed or like before you, like who would you like to, who would you have worked with, and why? Any comic that has passed. Oh man. Um. Anybody. Anybody. I don't. I'm I'm trying to think most of the comics I like and follow are alive. Um, Richard Pryor, I guess. Hmm. I know that would be a choice of Reggie's too. Yeah, that'd be mine too. Yeah, yeah uh, he's a classic. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Now for me it would be um Johnny Carson or maybe my mom's Mabley and locally uh, for those th- the one that didn't make it because she got sick and uh, and that Corey Gibson yeah um, she was an awesome local comedian and I don't want her name to be forgotten so yep the Corey Gibson one of the best definitely yeah uh, she was so sweetheart yeah um, now you, you do more than just um, stand up you've you've had, but before we go there um where what is the let's talk about stand up a little bit more because i i just, a couple thoughts just came to my mind we had um where's your favorite place that you've uh, performed my favorite place um i like the winery shows a lot up in uh sonoma um oh, those are fun yeah puts on really great winery shows um the wine's not bad so the I think one of my favorite shows was last year at Charles Krug Winery. Um, it was like an outdoor show, a few hundred people. And it's just a nice day, drinking wine, lots of family. Well, uh, yeah. Well, when when I uh, I do really well in wineries. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> because everybody's <laughs> drunk. <laughs> That's exactly it, yes. It's the grapes. <laughs> now, I, <laughs> Thank you, Dave, for that. I DJ really well at places where people are drinking hella wine, too. Funny that. Yeah. Yeah. God. 
they're already enjoying themselves. Oh, yeah. oh God, yeah. It's pretty. It's the pretty glass. The I, pretty I, glass. I, and and to think, I thought it was because the, it was the more intellectual crowd, but now I realize no, it's just because they're drunk. <laughs> See. Yes. So, they're they're actually slower in their speed of thinking. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and and I've always admired your comedy. Um, and I don't know your writing process, and I don't even know if I know my writing process. It just seems to like pop into my head and I write it down. Um, do you find that to to be the case, or do you find it like you have to, like, I what what is your process? Is I guess what I'm asking. Yeah, that's that's why you've asked. Um, I think I have a pretty different writing process. Every time I tell people about it, they think it's really weird. So I don't um, carry around a notebook. I actually use an Excel spreadsheet to do my writing. Actually, that's kind of smart. <laughs> oh, okay. So what I do is, um, and I think Tony Spark has given me this um, has given me this advice early on, in that um, your setup needs to be under twenty five words. So I use this Excel spreadsheet where I do a word count on all of my setup lines wow. to make sure it's under 25 words. And then so I have one column from all my setup and I have another column for all my punchlines. So I make sure that all of my setup is under 25 words. No, that's and, smart. What college did you go to? I'm sorry? What college did you go to? I went to Berkeley. I knew it. And I was nice. a <laughs> I know it. I knew it. Sorry, I totally you pro- I'm subject, but I just I felt the college vibe right there. So I went to college too. So I just felt it. Sorry, sorry. Okay, you know, it, it, that was out of nowhere, Reggie. I know. Just, it just she just felt so organized. Like she just had like she no, no, I, felt the college vibe. Okay, okay. but sorry. but it, which I I find great. Now I came from an era before computers. So, um, so what I and I've done comedy for longer than I care to admit, because uh, I'm gotten for punishment. So, <laughs> my my process is basically just writing stuff down on a, um, and I, I might ha- not have the jokes related to each other. But I, so I'll just put it aside, and then eventually, like something will pop up, and I'm going, "That's that's the through line." There you go. Um, Reggie, how about you? Me, as far as like my, my writing process goes, kind of strange too. You know, what I'll do is I put the subject out there, and then what I do is I just put like different pieces and punches to it, and then hopefully I'll go back to it or I'll get like a jog from my memory, change the characters around, and then hopefully the punching and the punch lines and the effect of the the joke will have its uh hopefully it'll be funny. You know? A couple of things have happened to me when Reggie and I were smoking out uh, is that sometimes we come up with stuff right then because yes. we're so relaxed. Yes. You know, so there's there's that yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so, but, but was it, so your first time doing comedy? Where was that? My very first time it was uh, at an open mic um, on Tuesday at Martuni's, which is the uh, historic Historia Historia mm-hmm. open mic, right. and it's a women open mic in San Francisco. Yep. And uh, I've been auditing that open mic for a few weeks by then, so. Um, I just like, so by the time I went up, I think a lot of people already knew me. So there was a sense of community. A lot of people wanted me to do well. So that was really great. You must have kicked butt then. I think I did okay the first time. You know, like at open mics, um, especially it's a bunch of women, they're super supportive. So yeah, it was good. It definitely gave me a sense of confidence. So I started going back there like once a week with some new material. Good vibes, good vibes. Yeah. God, I remember my first time and I bombed bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. This is at the Ritz Pub and Pizzeria back in 1987, and um, I go up and I did. And now keep in mind, 
Ronald Reagan was president at the time, but I did uh, <laughs> a whole BDSM set about Ronald Reagan and Nancy. Do the impression. Do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Oh, Nancy. Oh, Nancy. I'm going to smack your ass. Gonna smack your... <laughs> so I did all that. Yeah. If I was in the audience, you would have bombed. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I got to whip. The, the only reason why I don't whip that out now as a memory is because that was before, like, Ronald Reagan's before most people's time. Like, a lot of people were born after that and may not yeah. have reference. Um, but at the time, pe- people just had their, their, um, uh, they were eating and they're like looking at me and they're like, huh? <laughs> so I, I don't know if bombing is the right word. I, I think I just more like shocked everybody. Yeah, I do find that uh, just in terms of the time of the day, the makeup of the audience demo is really, really important to the type of jokes that you tell. So you could have like a solid set, but if you end up telling it to like people that are not ready for it. Like one time I was doing a show at Comedy Oakland and there's a guy, a young guy in the front row that just looked so awkward. And he made me feel so awkward because, you know, at Comedy Oakland, people are like really up close. Oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then finally, Julie Ash went up and started doing her show, which is super explicit. She just like called up. She's like called on that guy. He's like, hey, what's your deal? And he's like, oh, I'm here with my mom. And she's like, why? How old are you? Like, you know, 15. He's like, oh, I'm like 13. Oh. <laughs> they were not ready. <laughs> you know, uh it- by the way, Comedy Oakland is done by uh, a really good comedian. His name's Ira Summer. Um, yeah. And he does have a set uh, and an interview on this podcast. So uh, the, he was recorded at Grapes of Laugh. And so if people want to check that out or want to check that podcast out, uh, then yeah, do it. Do it. Do really it. funny. Yeah. You yeah, know. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but we uh, record our podcasts uh, at Grapes of Laugh, and then they get released as a bonus. And nice. so, right. So um, eventually, your, yours will probably be released um, sooner rather than later. But uh, yeah, we do that. So if people want to check out just like regular comedy, just like 15 minutes, 10 minutes of people just laughing or whatever the case may be, there you go. And now we're back. Perfect. <laughs> okay. But I had to make sure that I remembered to do no, that. That was good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you. Good stuff. All right, yeah. Time. So uh, in case you're just um, tuning in or have forgotten, uh, you're listening to By The Way. I'm Johnny Korn, and we have... And I'm comedian Reggie Shorter. And Helen Chu is our guest via Skype. And if they want to find out your information... Oh, how they want to find out. Uh, thinks, yeah, your information. <laughs> On Facebook, search for Helen Chu and follow me as a fan amongst my other 58 fans. And it's CHU. CHU, that's right. You yes. want to get on the bandwagon before it blows up. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thing is, like, I, I really think that people should um, find you because I think that you are uh, a really good comedian. Um, Thank other you. two. And, and I'm, I influence what. I try to interview people that I'm a fan of, mm-hmm. you know, so as yeah. well, like I might have a friendship, but if I'm also a fan, then that helps because yeah. then I genuinely believe in what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so that, that works. Um, you also do improv. I do. And which came first, the comedy or the improv? Uh, comedy came first mainly because I, uh, I'm just a bigger fan of comedy. I started doing improv because, I am really bad at crowd work. I can't really think on the spot very much. So um, whenever the audience is a little 
tired. You know, I, I watch people do crowd work, like people like Phil Woods, um, Tony Sparks. I, I could never do that. So I started taking improv to be more comfortable on stage. Um, and a lot of people think I look nervous and awkward on stage because it's my stage act, but I actually really just do feel nervous and awkward on stage. <laughs> well, I, yes, yes. Um, it, it, well, I, I will say this. Tony Sparks is probably the best at crowd work that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Very yeah. comfortable. He's very comfortable up there. He yeah. makes you feel like, wow. Yeah. He, you know, he he's goes, talking to having proper conversation. I, it cracks me up when he goes like, humans. <laughs> yeah. Human beings. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how long have you been doing improv? I've been doing improv for about a year. I just made it to an improv team, so I'm pretty excited. Yes. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. We're going to be doing regular weekly shows. Awesome. So. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and now where's that? That's in San Francisco um, at Endgame Improv, which is in the Mission. Um, it's mo- I, I think the showtime is most likely on Tuesdays, but we haven't. I don't know that that's been finalized yet. Well, wow. what we'll do is um, I will make sure on my social media, uh, which is all available on JohnnyCorn.net, I will make sure that I spread the word once uh, okay. everything's nailed down. So make sure that you get the information to me, and I'll make sure that at least the people that follow me know that that's going on. I will. Congratulations. Congratulations. Quick question. I was wondering, okay, as far as like, I know you like movies and stuff. As far as like any movie that was remake, if there's a movie that can be remade and you could put yourself in it, what movie would that be? Oh, wow. Um, That's a good question. I'm trying right here. You know, I have to write my questions. I'm I'm trying. (laughs) I can picture myself as Maria from The Sound of Music. Mm, Nice. That'd be good. Nice. Yeah. I I mean, I think I'm more on time than she is. Like, I was only like two minutes late to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. You had technical difficulties, so that's good. Yeah. You know, uh, there, there's a reason behind it. So. Maria, that's big. Why, why, why Maria? Uh, I think that for a movie that was made during that time, mm-hmm. and I think granted it's based on a true story, she just... She's such a strong female role model, you know. She um, she was always very true to herself during her search for things she wanted in life. She started off being a nun. She took her guidance from her um, mother and went to try to be a great um, nanny and teacher to the kids, and she she became that. Wow. Um, and then she fell in love and but she didn't let the guy like dictate her life. She like took her time to decide and then went to right. join him and then she didn't take his shit. She like trained him, you know, like if he wanted her to answer to a whistle, he had to answer to a whistle too. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, taking his shit. That's what I'm saying. That's no, that right. I, you just gave me new insight. Um, in, in, into the character, which I think is fantastic. And I'm going to ask Reggie the same question since you asked Don't her. Don't take no uh, shit. That's what I'm saying. It, it and I'll I'll even go like a, a a movie that you'd love to be cast in uh, as a reboot, and it could even be a TV show. Not a problem, uh, but was, as a movie. Not a problem. Coming to America, I'd recast myself probably as a probably Akeem or something. Probably Akeem, like a semi or something like that. Like, and then the Coming to America three or something like that. I'd be like, see, something like that. For for me, it would be uh, a movie version of Gilgan's Island, and I yes. would be the professor. That would be me. There's no black people on Gilligan's Island, huh? Well, no, we have to change that. No, I mean, you know, in fact, uh, as the movie star, I picture uh, Beyonce. There you go. There you go. Right? I mean, who else would it be? There you go. Right? Marianne. Yeah. Oh, God, that's a hard one. Who would be Marianne? Taylor. 
Taylor just, Swift? Just, just for you. <laughs> okay. Just for you, Taylor. Just for you. You're... Effortlessly cool. <laughs> well, there you go. See? There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I think God for, for... I think Helen can do it. Helen can do it. <laughs> yeah, Helen Chu for Marianne. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cast call. <laughs> Gilgan, I have no idea either. You wouldn't play Gilligan? No, because I'm too old. Griffin uh, Griffin Daly. <laughs> He's even older than me. <laughs> Griffin, Daly, Griffin Daly is a great comedian. If you don't know who he is, you need to check him out. English uh, comedian who is really... Actually, he's going to be on my uh, winery show soon. So, yeah. Griff is funny, too. Oh, God, he is. Yeah. Uh, my favorite joke of his, and I'm going to wreck it, and then we'll get back to our podcast. Sorry about this. Uh, is he goes like... Uh, uh, it's a religious joke, and since, you know, because of my background, this is funny to me. Uh, but he goes, and he goes like, uh, he's walking, and he came across a burning bush. And he goes like, God, is that you? And he said, no, it's PG&E. <laughs> <laughs> and for us in California, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. A little levity. Shout out yeah. to PG&E. Yeah. But, so a little bit about your, your background, um, you came here from China. I did. I was born in China, and uh, I came here when I was 11, and I grew up in the East Bay, um, and then went to school there. Now, where, where, where in the East Bay? At? Uh, it's a small city called Albany. Not oh, I'm familiar with Albany. Oh, okay. Yeah, so right yeah. over there by Berkeley. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, my... Now, my dad grew up in Oakland. Oh, okay, I don't yeah. know if you knew that. Yeah, no, was, yeah. Yeah, they moved from Omaha to Oakland. And they stayed a couple generations, or like one and a half generations in Oakland. And then my dad got a job at San Jose State, so we moved down to uh, the South Bay before I was born. Wow, wow. you are so, too local. I, I, yeah, a couple generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew it, up in Milpitas. That's not so East Bay. <laughs> that, that, that's <laughs> Great Mall. That's, that's what right. it's best known for. Yeah, and uh, yes, yes. And uh, I will say this about Milpitas. We'll get back to to your background in a second, but I'll say this about Milpitas, is that the original Mustang was made in the factory that is now the Great Mall. The Ford plant. The Ford oh, plant. Wow. Yes. A little, little trivia there. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Okay, now now that we've done that, <laughs> uh, getting back to your background, uh, so you were you were not that young when you moved to, um, to the United States. You were at uh, 11, you said? Yeah, yeah. English is my second language. I would never have known that. Um, <laughs> culture difference. I mean, it must have been like a big adjustment for you at that age. Yeah, you know, I think I remember one thing that stood out was um, there were so many people in my class. You know, I think it was sixth grade that had siblings, and I just thought that was so cool because uh, I was born under the one-child policy, which still is in existence oh. now. So I remember, like, in, when we when we did intros, someone was like. So how many brothers and sisters do you have? And I'm thinking, no one ever has asked me that question before. Man, <laughs> that is wow. Uh, now, did you end up yeah. with any siblings after you moved here? No, no, I'm the only child. You know, <laughs> the, I have three older sisters uh, and a younger brother. Yeah, and um, so it's the firstborn male. And so, because, oh, nice. yeah. So because of that, uh, both of my grandfathers. This is how Irish I am. Both of my grandfathers were John Patrick. And so oh. I became John Patrick because I'm the oldest male. Wow. As, as per tradition, which this genera my generation didn't name anyone John. 
but yeah, it lasted for a while. Wow. But uh, but that's the one thing that stood up to you. Um, was it? Do you? Was it hard to learn uh, English, or did you know it before you came here? I didn't. Um, I was in this program called English as a Second Language, where a lot of kids from all over that end up being immigrants to the states were part of. So there were like my best friend was a girl from Russia, and there were some girls from Korea, other girls from China. Um, yeah, so I think I graduated within a year. I think the the harder part was probably more of the cultural integration because ESL, you're sort of like the bottom of the social totem pole, <laughs> I can if you imagine. will. And so I graduated from like the ESL crowd to the mathlete crowd, um, and then I started swimming, and I think that like elevated me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, yeah, so I ended up having friends in different circles, but I, I definitely thought that like the cultural difference was the harder one to bridge at that age. I would imagine that's true. Um, yeah. yeah, and and because like I mean, I've when did we first meet? I mean, the, the, this is uh, I, I've known you for a while. Yeah, uh, might have been at an open remember. night, San Francisco. I'm thinking. Yeah, possibly. Possibly, because yeah. I remember uh, like watching you and thinking, "Oh, you're you're fantastic!" And inviting you to do was it was it uh, which show was that that I I think I originally had you on uh, off the hook. Mm-hmm. If if I'm is, am I remembering that right? Uh, possibly, I remember doing your winery shows a few times. Okay, um, yeah, the winery shows that's uh, over at Tesoras, which yeah. is uh, called Grapes of Laugh. Yeah, and it's always the second Tuesday of uh, no, no, that's not true. Thursday. It's the second Thursday. Of, <laughs> <laughs> why did I do that? It's the second Thursday of every month, and uh, I always handpick the comedians that go on. And in fact, you're going to be on it in a couple of days, of, yep. probably before this is released. Nice. Um, but yeah, you're. Um, I I remember seeing you and going like, yeah, you know what? I need to. I need to have her on my show <laughs> I, I remember thank that you. thank you I appreciate that yeah it no I, I, I like I say I'm a fan um, so, super funny oh yeah yeah so um, you also do some dance uh, is that just uh, uh, how did you get into that yeah so I've been dancing uh, on and off for about 10 years uh, I started doing swing dancing but in the last few years I've been more into salsa dancing wow yeah so I um, yeah I just I like movement uh, I like keeping I like just doing things <laughs> I feel like stand up works gives my brain a good workout and dance gives this a body a good workout and I'm not like uh, I'm not super social in a like I'm not a big party person, but I do like making connections. So I feel like partner dancing, social dancing is like a safe, structured way of socializing without me having to come up with like new words. That makes sense. That makes sense. Like yeah. after like, for example, like after doing shows and stuff like that, you love cracking people up though, you know, whatever the crowd sizes. But after that, you just really just want to be to yourself. You know, like yeah. you just want to yeah. be a sense of sensitive being to yourself. Totally yeah. understand that. Uh, yeah. I was going to ask you, as far as like you being a dancer, um, the person that your your significant other, if they can't dance, is that a deal breaker? <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's kind of like if my significant partner can't tell jokes, I can crack up both of us. There you go. Well, see, there you go. There you go. Uh, and and I admire you for being able to dance because I can't. 
uh, true story. I was in a uh, Indian movie. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, uh, so, which is really weird. It's called um, what is it called? It, it's called uh, Doctor by Heart. Mm-hmm. And I remember this because it, it's really weird. I'll get recognized in like Fremont um, because people have seen the movie mm-hmm. uh, or in Cupertino, but anywhere else they don't know uh, this movie exists. And my coworkers. Yes. You have to be uh, East Indian to get it, or you know, Asian Indian. But anyway, uh, so there's this dance scene that was in there, and I was counting off one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. <laughs> and, and he goes like, "Stop doing that." So I'm like, "Okay." Then I looked at my feet, and he saw. So he says, "Stop doing that." <laughs> and so it, that took over seventy takes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then when the movie came out. Uh, the scene was there and I, it's a, it's not a, a funny movie, but I cracked up beca- during the premiere because I'm looking at myself going like, my God, I can't dance. <laughs> Jeez. You could start your own comedy show. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. I mean, like, <laughs> so, so I, <laughs> God, that, it, it's embarrassing. I'm just, <laughs> but, um. But, oh man! But yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey, but you give it your all, though, you know. Well, I tried. I tried. Yeah. I, I like putting myself actually out there uh, and doing things that I'm uncomfortable right. with. Um, I didn't know that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I didn't know that was going to be that scene because they give us like whatever we're doing that day. The script, like, this is what you're doing today, and that's it. So I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. They don't give yeah. me the entire script at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know this existed, but it's an Indian movie, so of course it did, and I should have thought about that. Good on the resume. Well, it's on the resume anyway. There you go. <laughs> Not sure it's good, but um, we have veered off. Yeah, no problem. Question: As far as like your comedy style, you know, as far as like to anyone else, I know you say you said that you you're more you're more attached to more of the co- the more comedy that's in, in the local area though. But as yeah. far as like if you had to like see yourself like as far as like Netflix special and all that good stuff, who would, who would your special be by? Um, so I personally like, uh, Hassan Minaj. Okay. Oh, nice. Anthony Jezelnik. Yes. I know he's not a popular guy, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I would say like between those two, I can, I can relate, uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah. Nice. Now of the comedians that you have, uh, worked with, um, who was the easiest uh, to work with? Who was the easiest to work with? Um, I think that that's a good one. I think Dave Nihill, considering he is so famous in locally, is a really easy comedian to work with in that he's like really well known, but he shows up on time. He helps out with the show. He writes a thank you note. And there's just no, like, wakiness and very direct and very appreciative, even though he's, like, probably the top three comedian in the Bay Area. Um, I really enjoy working with him. Well, and I I will say this, that um, comedians that show up on time are professional. um, Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing. The other thing for me, uh, because I've worked with comedians that are better known than me. um, Yeah. And 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 I will say this: a lot of them are very humble, and yeah. 
they come off just really sweet and nice and you realize these are just people mm-hmm. yeah they're just people that are really good at what they do and have yeah. obtained a certain level of fame because of that yeah yeah you know um yeah robin williams is like that he was like really a nice guy yeah uh, uh don't know if you ever had a chance to meet him no wow yeah. have you had a chance to work with him or meet him I, I met him exactly twice in my life. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the first one, uh, I was over doing comedy at Cobbs, and um, Robin Williams is known for just popping in and catching shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes he'd do a set, sometimes he'd just be there for moral support, but he liked to support the local comedians, and since he's a San Francisco comedian, he'd yeah. pop in pretty regularly uh, to the different clubs, and so, uh, like, he, he was at Brainwash at one point, mm-hmm. I believe, I say, yep. but uh, this particular time he's at Cobbs, and uh, I'm, I'm doing my set, and I look over to the side, and I'm like, God, that guy could pass for Robin Williams, he should be an impersonator, and <laughs> I continue to do my, uh, my set, now that's off to the right, uh, yeah, as I'm facing the stage because that's stage right is where you get on and off and I, I finish my set and the whole thing and uh, I walk off and he goes like hey nice set and, and walk, I walk away not realizing that's him and then uh, the MC comes up and he goes like uh, ladies and gentlemen I have a real treat for you Robin Williams and I'm, I, my head just jerked like what wow you know and then um, the only other time I met him uh, was a while later and this is what made me just really like him uh i i was at uh, emma's coffee shop in in san francisco i uh, don't know if you're familiar with them um but it, there's a coffee shop called emma's uh-huh. in san francisco um and i was in line to get coffee and uh here he is he walks in he goes like corn and i turn around and it's Robin Williams, and he said, uh, are you here with anyone? And I'm like, no, I'm going to be doing comedy a little bit. I'm killing time. And so we actually had coffee together. Oh, my God. It, at, and he paid. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's how nice a guy he was. Wow. So yeah. I'll always cherish that. I Truly mean, missed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we went into uh, another story, but that was uh, – but, yeah, I mean – Local comedians, um, we're we're lucky if we meet people that well known. But like, there's a lot of people that are out there that just want to support comedy. Yeah, um, the Miss Doubtfire House is still in San Francisco too. I know some comics. I know they do open mics uh, up the street from there, and they sometimes they go by that house where that Miss Doubtfire House is. In oh yeah, area. yeah. Um, now, with with your comedy, um, how? far have you uh wh- wh- what is the weirdest place you've performed comedy the weirdest place i have performed comedy man i should have i should have kept a comedy diary it's just you know we do so many weird things right we do yes. oh yeah <laughs> um I guess one of the weirder spots would be in Pleasanton. Uh, Hao Ming has a show, and it's a, I think it's a children's, uh, a children's school. Really? Wow. Inside a mall. That is funny. Wow. <laughs> so on Friday night, they like rent out a room to us with all these chairs, and we put up a mic. 
and uh, yeah, and then like I think I was on the very first show, so we couldn't decide if we should dim the light, in which case everything is dark, even the comic space, right. or turn on the light, in which case you know we feel like we're in this like daytime classroom lecture. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I, I, they probably figured it out. He probably got a spotlight for the comedy head by now. But yeah, that yeah. Was- I mean, I, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, it, one thing that really, and I'm going to ask Reggie the same question in a second. But um, but on this about lighting, I don't like it when the stage is not well lit because if I'm recording a set and then yeah. the set's all grainy, it's yeah. it really irritates me. Yeah. yeah. All right, but Reggie, same question: weirdest place you've performed? Um, I don't know, man. There's so many places. Uh. Oh, probably. Uh, I don't know. Probably that. Probably in that hallway in L.A. That was pretty weird. Yeah, yeah we, <laughs> we performed in the hallway. It was in like LA. a hallway, was, like literally yes. a hallway. This guy's like, "Yeah, we're going to be performing." Like, okay, where? He's like, "Right here." I'm like, "In this hallway in front of these elevator right here." Like, yes. Are there going to be people like coming down? Like, you know, like during our set and like you know. But we did it though. We did it. Well, that that might be mine. That. Yes. That was the ho- that, that hallway was pretty that crazy. That might be mine too. I but the one I was going to say uh was a different one. I was in um St. George, Utah, and uh there is a bookstore there. And in the middle of the bookstore there's a stage. Wow. And uh-huh. uh they would perform comedy and I mean a lot of people would show up, but they perform comedy this is years ago so i have no idea if it still exists but they'd have comedy on that stage in the middle but here's the thing they're dry right you can't drink so and there's no coffee either so like everybody's like stone sober watching you 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 better be funny oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) that that was but but maybe the hallway in la maybe i'll change that oh man yeah that was that was crazy and then like Shout out to all the comics in LA. I, we had no idea there's like 82 open mics like on a daily. You know, like. <laughs> have you gone down to um, do the LA scene yet? Uh, I have not done a show there. The comedy New York before, but I can give yeah. you some names of uh, people oh, yeah. to talk to if you want to. The comedy bureau is definitely you have mics to do all for the next. Oh, let me tell you about days. the mics over there. There's an app. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's an actual app that has all of the open mics. Oh wow! In the LA yeah. area, yeah, that's how many open mics they have. Yep, the comedy—it's yeah. called the Comedy Bureau. Yep. Yeah, that's when you know comedy has infiltrated everyone's life there. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I was looking at that going. You can you can do and okay, people in LA know what I'm talking about. Probably New York as well, but um, you can do an open mic in LA. Tell them mm-hmm. at three o'clock in the morning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, oh wow! You can yeah. you, you can almost catch a mic before you go to work. You know, like really, like you know, what I mean, like, it's craziness. You like, can literally be up all night, go from open mic to open mic to open mic to open mic. To, but the problem is, you may or may not get on. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that that's the the big thing. Got to know the doorman. Got to know the doorman. The doorman is key out there in L.A. The doorman. Yeah, and, yeah you just. Now, here's the thing, uh, too, that's true, too, is that anyone listening to this podcast that's a comedian uh, that may not have been to L.A. uh, now know a lot more about L.A. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a whole thing. That's good to know. I think if if I was going serious about comedy, it definitely feels like L.A. is the place to be, or New York. Well, and I, I would say those two. Yeah, and the thing is, like, 
when uh, I've gotten down to LA a couple of times where um, I am just pre-booked on a show, so I, I just go down there, arrive, do the show, and some of the local comedians are upset with me because I didn't pay my dues. Oh, uh, because I didn't have to camp out for weeks and weeks and months and to get a set. That's all who you know. So yeah. Now, Johnny. yeah, it, it's just oh, very competitive. Yeah. I I I myself believe in comedy brothers and sisters that we're all comedy brothers and sisters that we just all need to um, support each other, uplift each other, don't speak negative of each other, just you know do our thing. But I yeah, agree. You get into certain areas, it's different. It's um, just very, very competitive. We should be trying to help each other, you know, trying to help each other get to the next level instead of trying to tear each other down. And that's one thing about the San Francisco comedy community is we're relatively, we're medium sized, I would say. Um, but we we actually are more supportive than other communities have noticed. Yeah, that's, uh, I definitely think the things that keep me in comedy are the, the more supportive people. Otherwise, it's like, you know, you bombs so many times and then um if there's no good people to do show with shows with that's really just makes the experience not worthwhile do you have a favorite joke like you've done it over 50 something times but then one time you really threw it out there and it didn't land and you're like i can't believe it didn't land this time and why um yeah i, I yeah that's happened before i think um sometimes my humor can be a little dark <laughs> uh, kind of like Anthony Jezelnik. Uh, okay. So the thing that like I crack up, other people might be like, "Damn, I can't believe she just said that." So, um, so usually when that happens, I, I know I've like kind of put the fear in somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and I try to just like laugh and say something like, "Oh, you know, I'm really not." A, like a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know. so um, when you uh, finish doing the show, I, I don't know if you're like me. Uh, do you uh, have this like post show high that you're on that takes you a while to come off of? Oh, totally. Oh my God. That's yeah. I think that's why we do it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for that moment. And then the post show high. Yeah. I, I, I tell people that, uh, comedy is my drug of choice. Hands down. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it comedy is a drug. Performing comedy yeah. is a drug. Nothing's better than writing something and you're telling people during the week and then all of a sudden you bring it to life and people are cracking up and you're looking at that person like, I knew that shit was funny. You know, yeah. like I knew that was, you know, and that's always a, yeah. that's always the highest for me. Now, yeah. how, how much of your comedy comes from real life and how much of it is just... I would say almost all of it comes from real life. Um... I think I can't remember where I read this from um, early on when I was start, starting to read books about comedy, that the best humor is about uh, finding something deep and meaningful and getting people to see it and laugh about it. Yeah, I, uh, I see that. Yeah. Now, uh, one time I, I was telling this joke the other day. It wasn't really a joke. I was just telling a story. And it, it just uh, we were at the show at um, Savannah Chanel and uh really nice area i i was talking to uh reggie oh well, i was gonna introduce reggie i was hosting he's <laughs> gonna go on and this is a true story um one time reggie got me so high <laughs> that uh and keep in mind before i start with this story we live <laughs> in the same apartment complex 
Okay. Yeah. So we're in the same apartment complex. That's important to for people to understand. Yeah. Um, so I decided, well, I'm going to go home because, you know, it's getting late and Reggie had to go sleep so he can get to work. So I, <laughs> I, I realized um, I'm in our apartment complex, but I'm lost. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I go over to my car because I'm thinking, okay, I can retrace my steps I if bad. I go from my car to the apartment, right? So I go out to my car and then I forgot what I was doing. And so then the security guard came up to me and he goes like, Johnny, what's, uh, oh, you're stoned. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. He goes like, okay, yeah, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I can't, I can't remember how to get to my apartment. And he goes like, okay, see that swimming pool right there? I say, yeah. Okay, see those stairs? Yeah. Okay, go up the stairs and to the left. And uh, I'm like, okay. So I walk over to the stairs and I forgot how to use stairs. <laughs> so I called uh, my wife and she came down and got me. <laughs> true story. That's all a true story. Yep. Wow. Oh man. Yeah, not not that I do uh, pot or anything. Of course. <laughs> you know, um so what is the um most unusual uh, experience that you've had doing comedy not not the place necessarily but the situation the most unusual situation um, there's a few that come to mind um, you know some of my set is about just dating um, you know I think you guys know this this that I do, which is about like trying to figure out how to flirt. Yeah. And I remember I did that set at Tommy T's and an audience member who is not Asian came up to me and said, I really loved your set, you know, and I only date Asian girls. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right. I, I can honestly say I've never been hit on. Uh, <laughs> neither me, me neither. <laughs> I mean, I hey, meaning you're fucking oblivious. <laughs> I, I look at myself and I go, you know, but but here's the thing about me is that that uh, I I have a sort of a man crush on me. So if I saw me walking down the street, uh, I I I totally hit on me. Oh man, you honest too. Johnny, you just have to be more aware like I am because I'm obviously always looking for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if, if I've ever been uh, hit on and uh, just not realized it you know, uh -huh. because I'm totally oblivious. I mean, do, yeah. do you think that happens to you? Yeah, you know, I, um, I am certain that I am unaware sometimes. Um, and the times when I'm aware, I may have been wrong, um, you know. Yeah, because it it's you know first off uh, with, with me I'm I'm fifty I'm going to be fifty one. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I I think that it, uh, if I were going to be hit on it would have been years ago, you know because now I'm that like fatherly you know <laughs> what, what do you call it um, uh, professor type. Uh -huh. I, used to, I was going to ask you, as far as like both of you, the question for both of you guys, as far as okay. like your standards, are they, as you get older, do you let more things go more 
or is it more or less like a maybe you should know better type of thing though like as far as like the things that you would do like in your 20s and 30s and now that you're and now that you're older now are you a little bit more easier with the with the dating or is it kind of like is it more i have these more standardly that's an interesting question yeah that's a good question um i feel like i'm actually going through that right now um watching a lot yeah, of I, I, I definitely feel like i have more um i have more criteria or more parameters that like cut through going from first date to second date second date to third date like your deal breaker um, like when you're younger and then your deal breakers now would they be are they the same or would they be different now I think my deal breakers are the same. However, I think I cut people loose sooner now. Oh, shit. Uh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, like there are people I probably would have dated for like a few months. Um, but now I cut the person loose at like their date. Um, well, yeah. I, I find as I get older, uh, and this is just in general, not necessarily whatever. It's just in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've lost my tolerance for BS. Yeah, uh, and and so um, I am more willing to call someone out on it now uh, uh-huh. than I used to be able to. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so I can yeah. imagine. I would imagine in dating life, like, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. This this person's a little bit like a horrible laugh or something like that. Like, is that a deal breaker? Like for you? Like, is somebody <laughs> like, like, like if they like laugh and they go, ah, ah, and they like, <laughs> it's like no air, like no. Ah! Like, is that like a deal breaker? And like this that is person, Reggie being Reggie. You know, way. I mean, I'm just 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 a curiosity, just. I think a deal breaker would be someone who doesn't laugh. I okay. think a horrible laugh is okay. As long as, like, as, long as they laugh. But yeah, as long as they laugh. So my, my, my thing is like um, humor. This is what I suggest to everybody. You know, humor is a way to get through life. Yes. You, know? yeah. you got to always see the funny in the situation, even yeah. if it's kind of tragic. Yeah. Because like um, I now see the humor in things I was like that, that happened that were really hard for me at the time. But now I see the uh, there's great irony. Yeah. Um. Sometimes. Yeah. Um. So, if uh, people want to check you out, oh, by the way, we're with uh, Helen Chu. Um. And Helen, I, I just am am curious. So you came to uh, and just popped into my head, and I uh, so we're jumping here a little bit. But uh, you came here to the United States at eleven. Yeah. Um. So did you choose the name Helen? I did. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, so my Chinese name is not Helen. And then my mom said, in order for you to make friends, you need an American name. So she wrote down a list of names for me to choose from. And they were like Linda, Sarah, you know, basically like all old lady names. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Helen was the one that like I could pronounce. And also I remember learning about Helen Keller when I was young and i thought that was really cool so i named myself after helen keller wow that that, i'm glad i asked the question yeah Yeah. that's awesome and of course you know why my name is uh johnny well john nalty i go by johnny but yeah john nalty or just sorry john patrick john uh, john nalty is my legal name johnny corn is my stage name yeah uh so i i got a little bit uh yeah but it's john patrick that's how that happened i'll tell you the story about johnny corn in a second but and i'm just reggie shorter because my dad Thought I was gonna play baseball after Reggie Jackson, and I suck. So that's <laughs> that's what that is. But you, but you were named after. Yes, I was uh, named a after. Legend. Yes, I was named after Reggie Jackson. Yeah, my dad loved baseball players, and 
I am horrible at baseball, and my dad didn't let it dim it down. But yeah, that's my favorite sport is baseball, and I'm a big uh, Oakland A's fan. Um, have been since and and Reggie used yes. to play for yes, and I love the Giants. I love the Giants, and uh, definitely I've just been a big uh, football guy myself, and went to college out in New Mexico State, and uh, been here ever since. Now. Um, we we were talking about names, and the reason why I chose Johnny Corn. Did I ever tell you that story? No. Okay. Well, Johnny, I go by Johnny anyway. Uh, what happened was, um, I, I did it for two reasons. When I was however old, you learn to tie your shoes. So, so we'll say mm, four, four or five, th- four, three, four, five, whatever age that is. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom got me to help me. She got me the Joey doll by Fisher Price, which had where you can tie the shoelaces, had a removable jacket, that type of doll. And so I said to her, do I need to name him Joey? And she goes like, no, dear, you can name him whatever you want. And I said, okay, I'm going to name him Johnny Corn. And she goes like, wow. why, why Johnny Corn? After my two favorite things, me and corn. <laughs> now, that's just the, my mentality at that age. But what happened was I have three older sisters. They overheard that. And I was Johnny Corn from that point on. Wow. And so it's really a tip of the hat to my sisters. Uh, nice. But the other reason is because uh, when I was growing up, we had reruns of different TV shows and the whole thing. And you'd look up uh, at, at the name of the actors and we have like Dick York, Jack, <laughs> you know, Jack Lord. So I wanted, you know, easy names. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, I want something that people will remember. And that's the other yeah. reason. Um, now, you, you know, Reggie... Uh, is an easy name. Yes, I mean Reggie Shorter. Reggie Shorter, and that's my and that's my real name. You know, my dad. I guess my dad's like six four, and I guess that was his name. And I've been Reggie Shorter my whole life. You know, and had to have jokes because yeah, because you're not short. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I am what uh, like a lot shorter than you. I man. I don't know how the kids man they they hit me with some good ones. They don't, I want to be short with you. Uh, you're like you're not tall in your picture. You're actually shorter than me. Or, I don't want to be short with you. Uh, you know, just have to have, you know, just had to be funny, you know, as a little kid, you know, yeah. I couldn't take it too seriously, you know. Yeah. Yep. Now, if people want to uh, check you out, just uh, look up Helen Chu. I do strongly recommend it. Do you have stuff on YouTube? I don't currently. Um, yeah, I'm, I should probably start getting that on there. I, I would recommend it because that will get you exposure. Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, yeah, get, get your videos on to, well, I mean, it, whichever platform you want to but um are you on instagram or twitter or any of those i am not i am so not (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i i let uh word of mouth be my marketing channel and thank you johnny (laughs) you're you're welcome yeah of course using my uh audience to um let people know about you because i think you're pretty awesome um Yeah, that's why, you know, I, I don't book people that I don't think are right for my shows. And so yeah. there's some people that are great comedians. Don't get yeah. me wrong. They're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Birdman comes to mind. Yes. But I cannot have them on my show because it's the fit of the show isn't right for that comedian. Yes, the demographic for that show, he would definitely, uh, he just sometimes doesn't Well, fit. and the venue would uh, complain as well, right? And you, yeah. you know, like the audience that I bring in are very much a, a more educated uh, crowd. Yeah. And you do really well on those shows. Mm-hmm. Thank you. you know, yeah, so. especially when they're liquored up. 
people people love the relationship stuff. I remember I remember every time we did the shows that uh at the Tesoro, the first thing that people said about you, they said they, they, they cracked up at all the relationship stuff they could write. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I remember um the what the the worst comedy experience I had, and this is true. <laughs> And I'm going to ask you the same question in a second. Uh, worst comedy experience. But uh, for me, I, I was doing stand-up for the first time in Fresno. And I should have known there was a problem because the back of the stage had a giant Confederate flag. Uh-huh. Okay. And so, uh, that not not red curtains, yeah. but, a, but a Confederate flag. Yeah. And so I already knew I was in trouble. <laughs> so I, this is many years ago. This is back in the 90s. I, I go up on stage and I do my set making fun of the confederate flag uh and you know, coming in celebrating coming in second place ha huh? you know that sort of thing um and in the audience i see these two guys that start arguing and uh so i see nobody's coming to to break them up so i jump off the stage get between the two of them <laughs> and, and i try to break up the fight and a fist flies and i got cut there's a scar there's a scar right here uh where that that line oh, uh they they i got cut pretty bad and uh, then security came and Dude. they yeah. were gone and so then i went up and uh, on stage and i finished my performance uh yeah. and, and i think the first thing i said was i think think this improves my look yeah and then i continued doing it and then i went to kaiser after and got stitched up yeah. um so that's my story what, what's your uh worst Um, I think, um, you know, the audience have always been pretty nice to me, I would say. Um, I think some of the worst ones probably came from open mic, just because all the other comics are tired. Well, uh, I, I will point this out about open mics. For people that don't know, you go to an open mic, it's hard. Cause you one, need thick it's, skin, definitely. It, well, it, it, because you're working out material. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's not polished. You're, it's a workout room. But also, because you're doing stand-up in front of a ton of comedians. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's nothing worse than doing stand-up in front of a lot of comedians that are not going to crack up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're like judging. M- yeah. make, make me laugh. Make me laugh, right? Yeah. So... Um, and I, I have found that. So, like, a lot of times when I go to an open mic, I'll just ad-lib the entire thing because, like, they already know my routine. Yeah. I, I did 10 minutes on uh, the Dollar Tree. <laughs> yeah. So, Reg, your, your worst uh, comedy experience. Worst comedy experience. Well, I definitely have to agree with the open mics. There's nothing worse than doing new material in front of a whole bunch of other comics. You know, it's like you want to yeah. be around that situation that's still sharp and still, but... Honestly, everybody's just really just going over their material, you know, and like, but it's a good thing too, though, because it's all you always got to take it as a learning experience too, though. But it's, yeah. but yeah, definitely hands down, definitely open mics are like, like damn, I'm trying to hope, to, I hope this lands like a little bit, you know, like where can I can yeah. where can I work on it or go back yeah. and just sharpen it up a little bit, you know. You got to yeah. take constructive criticism in this sport, though, for sure. Yeah. Now, have uh, other like better known comedians given you advice or other, I don't have to be a better known, but like, um, have you gotten advice that actually helped you? <laughs> I, oh, absolutely. I, I, when I first started, I asked for feedback quite a bit from my fellow comedians. Oh, that's smart. Um, yeah. And you know, Tony Spark gave me some good feedback. Um, Stroy gave me some good feedback. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I really appreciate the feedback I've gotten from more senior comedians. Um, and now I think I just I record my set, um, which so, is smart. Yeah, and then I go back and listen to it. Um, so then I'll, I'll remember like which ones uh, the punchline hit because I. I think as I'm on stage, I end up coming up with new material or different ways of saying things, and I'll try to like go back and listen to it and write down the pieces that have worked well into my spreadsheet. Which I, <laughs> which I, I think is great. Now I I do it a little different. I have a, a video camera and I record my my set. Yeah. Uh, but same thing. I I look through it because uh, oftentimes I'll just veer off into something and then oh that's fantastic you know, and. Um, yeah, I so I I think that's very very smart. I have actually advised some other comedians and they've taken it personally. Mm-hmm. Or do you beat up on yourself like this guy does? Do you go home and beat up on yourself and like really go bad on yourself, or do you actually like take it as constructive criticism? This guy beats on himself like <laughs> I, I I really do. He's I, his worst. I, he's his work. He'll have a great set and he'll come off the thing like I didn't like it. I'm like, are you serious? So I I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Yeah, <laughs> Reggie knows. Yeah, this guy's. So I just hope that you're not like that, Helen. That's all I was just saying. That I hope that after you do your shows, you know, regardless that you know, like some points didn't go as well as you did, or maybe you didn't deliver at the same time, or something like that. Like you don't really, you know, give yourself that, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I generally don't beat myself up because I think there's a, like I think humor or laughter is a very complex emotion. And in order to get to that emotion, there's like a few other, there are a few things that are outside of our control that need to be there in order for it to happen. Like, for example, one is like, they have to believe that you're real and they have to understand the relevance of you to their lives. Very true. So, um, and that is a factor that we cannot control. So on top of, so that's like the first layer. And then the sex, so, so that kind of builds trust. And then the second layer is they kind of have to like you. Um, and then third third layer is they have their minds need to be open and want to hear new things. So I think when all of those happens, uh, then like the smallest punchline will get them to laugh. And if you're missing any of those layers, it'll be really hard. And I think that the second and the third layer, we can potentially um, help gain trust, help them open up their minds. But mm-hmm. the very first layer is just believing that you're real and being able to relate to your experience at all and i think that piece is just something that's outside of your control um like for example i have this mathlete joke that i tell and there has been shows where i like it just lands flat and it's one of my strongest jokes but i think it's because they probably haven't seen an asian person before uh and they don't know that we tend to be mathletes so you know i love that i grew up in mopinas i love <laughs> yeah that. they probably think i belong to a chinese restaurant so um so they don't think I'm real uh, and they don't relate to my experiences. So there's not much I can do to get them to laugh. Um, so I, I try to think about that. Um, and then also like next time, just like trace my jokes a little differently and, and kind of feel it up early on to see what is a little bit more relatable to them. Uh, and there are other times where I, I recently started doing crowd work at a pretty dead show. And I just asked the lady, like, I'm like, what's on your mind? She's like, Oh, you know, like I'm getting laid off by my like at work, and I'm really behind on this deadline. And she ended up talking like for three minutes about her own problems. It was just it's one of those things where 
I think people came to that show with a lot of their own problems on their minds and wow. they, they weren't open to laughing. So there's just some things that like, you know, people have to help themselves. To, they have to choose to be happy. Sorry, I went on this big rant. No, that no, no, was no, good. That's, that's awesome. You that's, know? that's fine. I, oh, yeah. I, I actually am glad that you did for a couple of reasons because it just brought up in my mind um, what we do uh, uh, as comedians is we get people's minds off their worries for I don't know ninety minutes or whatever, and, and the layers is very and and definitely when you spoke and you went into the layers and stuff, that's very important about how hard this how hard this is to get this thing going and then have to do it real life at the same time. Yeah, I um, I remember one time I did a, a show uh, and I did you know I was hosting and I did I do crowd work uh, usually. And I found out that this one um, person, uh, her girlfriend broke up with her, uh, yeah. like right that day. And yeah. she wanted to go out and laugh. And so, um, you know, you don't know what people's problems are, what, what happens in their lives, right? It, it, it's like, th- sometimes they need to be there to laugh. And I'm glad that we have a chance to provide that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, that popped into my head because of your 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 quote rant, quote, which totally <laughs> wasn't a rant. That was fine. So, so Reg, yes, sir. Uh, wh- what question do you have for her? Another problem. I was thinking as far as far as like you know comics, like you know as far as you being an Asian comic and everything, as far as like ever and, and any other influences. Rather no saying because I know as far as like any other um, Asian comics that you like say like this like she's awesome too or he's awesome too or like yeah I like um I like Ali Wong and you know she's definitely yeah hell yes Ali Wong hell yes um I saw her at the punchline like three times before she became big uh, and I knew she was gonna be big so that was really cool awesome and uh, recently I went to see Jimmy O Yang um I think he's pretty good too uh, he's the guy on Silicon Valley he's like the nerdy Asian programmer on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think there, there's a, a fair mem- number of Asian American comedians, which I is love great. it. I love yeah. it. Well, I, yeah. I, I will add in there uh, only because I know her a little bit, but um, I, well, Margaret, right? Yeah, Margaret Cho. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the, absolutely. The, yeah. the Margaret Cho, yes, definitely. Well, I mean, I knew her before she was big. Um, so, but uh, Aquafina would be in there too. Okay. Yeah, but she does everything. She she actually does acting, rapping, comedy. Um, yeah, for, I mean, I think she's incredible. Yeah, she's triple threat. <laughs> I'm like, damn! I wish I had as much talent as all that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. But um, yeah, if if you could work with uh, any uh, comedian that is, um. Actually, I'm going to change that question because uh, have you ever done acting? I have not. You have not. So you're you're purely like improv and, and comedy. Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, so my question changes. Uh, <laughs> uh, what uh, comedian would you really like to work with that you haven't? Yeah. Um, I would love to work with uh, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Um, you know i i think that he is such a he's such a influential figure in our culture through his comedy um he's i mean not all of his opinions i endorse 
but I think he tells it in an eloquent way, and he has a big, he has a big sway um, over our modern day culture and the lens in which we view the world. Um, and he's he's just an amazing storyteller. Um, he yeah, him, him and Ellen, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Ellen. Of I love Ellen. I, I I will tell you, Ellen was an influence of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. On I mean, like, if I talk about my comedy influences, uh, going from when I started doing comedy, I saw Ellen DeGeneres on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, mm-hmm. and who is another influence of mine. And I I remember just I I had never seen her before. Mm-hmm. I remember like just being like I not only was I laughing but I was also kind of a little bit um thought I was hallucinating it was so good yeah <laughs> right it, it, it's like is this real is yeah. this reality yeah you know uh that's how good uh she like, was and so then I had to check her stuff out and so I caught yeah. her uh before she was big uh she was oh, at wow. Rooster Tea Feathers in in Sunnyvale uh once and I uh, got a chance to to Oh my god. Yeah, that, like before she cuz I'm old. So <laughs> How but, was that? Oh, it was it was awesome. I mean, it was a great yeah. experience. Um and and I got to see Emo Phillips uh, over at the um Rooster Tea Feathers that. recently. I got to meet yeah. him actually. So that was kind of yeah. neat. Uh and I'm off topic. So uh how how often um, do you perform comedy? I mean, you do a lot. Yeah. Um, in the last few months, I've actually slowed down a little bit. So, so it's only been like three times a month. But I would say the first three years was consistently um, four to eight times a month. Um, but the last three months, I've been a little busy just with um, my uh, work and dance. Um, oh, I... I went to Vienna for the Vienna Salsa Congress, and I also performed comedy there. So that was oh, okay. How was that performing comedy in another country? Oh, it was really fun. I was a little worried, but um, apparently in Europe there are pockets of English-speaking uh, expat um, communities, and they're really into comedy. So uh, it, it it went really well. I, I uh, yeah. Now uh, I I remember I I performed in uh, London. This is the first time I actually did um, stand up um, in another country, and I realized that I had to change the language because the words were not did they had different meaning even though we both speak English. Yeah. And so I had to comp- uh, and so I was comp- someone said something to me and I was completely lost. Well, there's, I was like, there's what a language the hell barrier? are you saying? There was a language barrier, and we're both speaking English. Wow! Yes, yeah, Sla- uh, slang and like there's just di- different dialects of English. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I remember uh, this guy saying, "I'm going to uh, go outside and smoke a fag," and I'm thinking, "Oh God, he's going to kill a gay person." <laughs> you know, I thought I was going to like I'm about to see a hate crime, um, and no, he's going outside to smoke a cigarette. But anyway, so. Um, and at the time, I had a bunch, because I'm a big baseball fan, so I had a bunch of stuff about baseball, and I had to dump all that because I'm like, crap, what do I say? What do I do? So uh, I, my whole set was about the differences in between American and uh, Britain's languages. Wow. That, that's what I ended up performing. That's pretty cool. But yeah, d- did you find a language barrier with English-speaking people in Europe? It was... Um 
it was fine in Vienna mainly because mostly expats there were from um, the U.S. and uh, Australia and New Zealand. So I think it worked pretty well. There are a few Austrians in the audience, and you can tell that they're not laughing. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, you know how many uh, like uh, Austrian comedians they have. One. They had I think they had one or two one. out of like the lineup yeah. of five. They had one or yeah. two, but the producer is an American and it's an English speaking show. Right, right. So yeah, so it's just like the Austrians. They may just not maybe they I, don't humor, even though they understand the language. Yeah. So I what I find funny about that is like um, so you're in middle of Europe. Yeah. And you have an American uh, booking, mostly American comedians. Yes. Yeah. That, you know, think about that. That's an experience that few people have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I would say that's probably the furthest way that you have performed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now I can say that I'm an international. International. Comedian that hasn't made it. Yeah. Well, as soon as I've performed also in Canada, but um, it, it's like when you perform in another country, then you're like, hey, I've, I'm an international comedian. Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> even if it's like one show, claim it. Claim it. it it's right. official. It's real. It's, it, that's it, right. It, <laughs> that's big. That's big for you guys. That's awesome. Well, for me, uh, the biggest story I had about England was not necessarily uh, the show itself, but I was there with uh, my wife, Donna. And uh, we were walking in Notting Hill because uh, the movie had just come out. This is how long ago this was. And so uh, we're walking there and it's pouring down rain. And my, my wife's ap- accident prone. Uh, but she, I, I'm talking, I'm having this conversation. I turn and she's not there. So then I realize, then I look and then she's like slipping and she's like waving her hands and trying to stay uh, up. And she's like at an angle because uh, it was really slick out there. And she just, takes a dive right and the elementary school had just let out right at that time and they laughed their asses off <laughs> that is the story that sticks in my head oh, man. nothing to do with anything at yeah. all <laughs> but um so if people want to check you out uh what uh you, you just go to helen chu chu yeah. on facebook and yeah. you're because uh, i'm sure there's multiples uh you're the one in san francisco that's right yes and reggie if they want to check you out if you want to check me out you can look up reggie shorter on facebook um facebook ig or twitter um also i guess you could just just basically just google reggie shorter you can find me just check out what i'm doing i mean i'm pretty sure you know that me and the skies has a uh our uh, runway. Um, oh yes, yes. Show coming uh, up. Do you know that uh, Reggie and I are going to be runway models? No. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, God. Fashion Week. Yeah. So uh, we're both going to be uh, at Fashion Week. Uh, the name of the, uh, uh, well, I will say just check out another of my podcasts, and it actually has an interview with the fashion designer uh, who has had her wears at the Grammys. Um, uh, casually in common check them out uh, and yeah so we're doing that at the end of this well toward the end of this month so both of us are excited we, we've been going through rehearsals for oh, this oh yeah it's gonna be fierce yes wow I'm nervous yeah. well and that that's completely this is completely off topic of you sorry about that yeah. um, no, no I want to hear more about that is that in San Francisco no no it's in Sacramento 
Sacramento Fashion Week. Sacramento Fashion Week, yeah. It's like an out. It's like the models are are they are the models mostly um, artists? Is that why she's having designers? Or, yeah. Well, right. oh, yeah. Designers. So what what her whole deal? is that she uh, everybody's like 19 year old stick figures that that go out on the runway and yeah. she goes like we need to change the narrative and since i'm in the industry what i'm going to do is i'm going to have different um uh, body types i'm going to have different ages i'm going to have uh you know all genders represented and um that is going to be my my runway i i, I want to make sure that it's a diverse uh, group that goes on in there, both in age as well as everything. Uh, wow. So I'm excited. I don't have to lose weight or anything. This is great. You don't have to try yeah. like do those weird, weird programs or anything. I could just keep getting bigger, and I'm up. I'll be okay. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. so exciting. Just coming from uh, for the world. You know, the next industry that should follow is porn. Whoa. Hey, I, I, I myself. That's that's what I would do. You know, if I think anyone would want to see me naked. Yeah, my name. I don't think I have a my porn name would be good. Reggie Shore is not a good porn name. You know, yeah. can't be short with the porn. Yeah, name. my I, I I I will. Too much pressure. I, I will say that uh, anyone that would watch me in a porn, I feel sorry for. <laughs> that's all. All I'm saying. Although I did just get cast as a streaker on a uh, at a baseball stadium. That's gonna be funny. Dude. So I am gonna be nude in a movie finally. <laughs> You get a slow fee? Johnny, we want to level the playing field, right? Like we want fashion to endorse people of all ages and sizes. So yep. we should want our fantasized sex life to endorse all ages and all body types. I think that yep. is true. And uh, that that's a good point. Point well taken. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm saying this as someone whose demo will probably get Googled a lot in those four sides. But you know, I want to know that when I'm older or I'm not as in shape, that it's okay, you know? Well, and you know, I do a, a show uh, at a clothing option. I, I produce a show at a clothing optional um, a resort well, like once a year. Yeah. And and the thing I find funny is like, I have no problem performing nude or being nude or whatever the case may be. It's he really does it. Yeah. Um, but the the whole like uh, porn thing, I don't think people are like, uh, maybe it is a category, you know, middle-aged man. I, I, I don't know if that's a category or not. Yeah. Middle, middle-aged white man who grew up middle class. Yeah, I'm chicken for that right there. I'm kind of yeah. chicken. I salute him. Yeah. Oh. I'm just saying. <laughs> so... Um, so I Reggie, what do you have more questions or? Uh, it just takes a lot of a lot of nerves to be naked. You know, what I mean, like as far as like naked comedy, I mean, you know, I think that's a lot of nerves, and you know, it takes a certain type of. Uh, well, all I can say nerves. is the you know they say, uh, imagine the audience naked, uh, at uh, you know to calm nerves, and when you're at a nudist resort, you, it's literal. Yeah. So that's that's it. So, um, re- so Helen, if people didn't check you out. They go just go to uh, Helen Chu C H U on uh, Facebook. I'm spelling it out just for people that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you very much for being with us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, you're going to be performing at Grapes of Laugh, so I'm really looking forward to the, to uh, seeing you in a couple of days. Likewise, I missed you. I missed the venue. So. I miss you too, Helen. <laughs> miss now, you, Reggie. <laughs> yeah. Now, Reggie, if if people want to check you out, they can check me out on. You can just Google a Reggie Shorter on Facebook, IG. Now I'm part of Discord now. 
uh, <laughs> um, Twitter and the other accounts as well. Check it out. I mean, like I was just telling this guy, you know, we got this fashion show coming up on the 21st. I would love people in Sacramento and all over to uh, support and come out. Yeah. Now, uh, johnnycorn.net, all of my social media is up there, but you can actually follow me on uh, Instagram or Twitter at comic Johnny Corn or Johnny Corn. Look me up uh, on uh, Facebook and feel free to like me. I like to be liked. It's like being liked is like really like nice. You're very likable. I'm very well. Thank you. <laughs> you deserve it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is the great Helen Chu. <laughs> Now, uh, Producer Dave, if people want to check uh, the other things that you do on, in the universe. Yeah, yeah. Instead of listing them all, um, you go to echoplexmedia.com and click streams, and then you can find all of our live shows. We got four, five, six weeks sometimes. Also, uh, call James Cash from uh, Ghetto News Network uh, broadcasts out of this studio at uh, various times. Though he's trying to get himself on a schedule. And yeah, just like look at our website or fucking like us on Facebook. Everybody else is doing that shit. Um, our Discord's the place to hang out if you want to talk shit or like feed us stories for our shows. That's at discord.me slash echoplex. I actually really, really like the uh, uh, the the live chat. Uh, that oh, the chat during the, the, the chat during the during, live during streams the show, is lit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, the chat oh, like two if, 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 oh, yeah. yeah, the Twitch chat is lit during Dude. our shows. Yeah, that's twitch.tv slash echoplex media. You can follow us there and check out all our shows. We're live. The, the big show is Sunday night, 7 p.m. Pacific. Yes, I recommend that, you guys. You know, that's definitely something to do right there, man. You know, get do your favorite, favorite stuff and uh, definitely check it out and get an earful. And I will say that uh, the content on um, just in general on uh, Echoplex really uh, is diverse. It, 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 there's a show for pretty much everything that you would want to experience. Everything. And I'm going to remind people before we go that uh, uh, if you go to, by the way, uh, on Echoplex Media or BDW or BT. That's echoplexmedia.com slash BTW. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, there are live comedy clips. So if you don't have time to listen to an entire podcast, you can actually just check out the clip of the stand-up performance. And that would, you know, make yourself laugh, you know, give you just laugh your ass off that's all okay uh guys th and ladies thank and everybody in between thank you very much for tuning in uh listening in to us uh helen shu thank you very much thank you my a pleasure and reggie thank you guys so much you guys love love each other have a great uh, thank you have a great tomorrow the